Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your hosts, Matthew Miller and Joe Mizdudla. It is good to be with you. Uh, let's see. I don't even know the date. Uh, 28th of June, 2019, as we record this. And we are going to be looking at Isaiah 51. So, let me... Uh, Look out of a couple things here. And I will just go ahead and read. And then we'll uh we'll get Matthew in on here. So I'm gonna be reading out of the NASB. And here we go. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. When he was but one, I called him. Then I blessed him and multiplied him. Indeed, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and her wilderness he will make like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and a sound of melody. Pay attention to me, O my people, and give ear to me, O my nation. For a law will go forth from me, and I will set my justice for a light of the peoples. My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait for me, and for my arm they will wait expectantly. Lift up your eyes to the sky, then look to the earth beneath, for the sky will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not wane. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, a people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them like a garment, and the grub will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. Awake, 
Awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a pathway for the redeemed to cross over? So the ransom of the Lord will return and come to joyful shouting to come with joyful shouting to Zion, and everlasting joy will be on their heads, and will obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that are afraid of man who dies, and of the son of man who is made like grass? That you have forgotten the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. That you fear continually all day long because of the fury of the oppressor. As he makes ready... As he makes ready to destroy? But where is the fury of the oppressor? The exile will soon be set free and will not die in the dungeon, nor will his bread be lacking. For I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand to establish the heavens, to found the earth, and to say to Zion, You are my people. Rouse yourself, rouse yourself, arise, O Jerusalem. You have drunk from the Lord's hand the cup of his anger. The chalice of, of reeling you have drained to the dregs. There is none to guide her among all the sons she has borne, nor is there one to take her by the hand among all the sons she has reared. These two have befallen you. Who will mourn for you? The devastation and destruction, famine and sword. How shall I comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie helpless and at the head of every street like an antelope in a net, full of the wrath of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. Therefore, please hear this, you afflicted, who are drunk but not with wine. Thus says the Lord, the Lord, even your God, who contends for his people. Behold, I have taken out of your hand the cup of reeling, the chalice of my anger, you will never drink it again. I will put it in the hand of your tormentors, who have said to you, Lie down that we may walk over you. You have even made your back like the ground and like the street for those who walk over it. And with that, I will bring in Brother Matthew. Wow. Um, boy, that is a mouthful, isn't it? Yes, it is. And... If you know what to listen for, you got what is to come. He had no problem coming right out and telling you exactly what he intends to do. And it's it's not the first time that he says it, but in this instance, boy, he gives you some really hardcore data. 
uh, he he really does. But the first thing he wants your mind to be directed to is that there's well, there's two things. You keep getting this. You keep getting it. You keep getting. It, you keep getting it. And well, take for instance, first Eden, second Garden of the Lord. I mean, he just keeps just keeps doing this. Um. Uh, Thanksgiving and Sound of Melody. I mean, he just keeps doing this 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 dual nature that's going on, and he he comes out in the latter verses and comes right out and says these two things have befallen you. But it's amazing to me. Uh, you can't get away from it. Um, he wants you to make sure that that you know. Well, he he calls the captives two different things. And it's just amazing to me that, that the farther you go down into it, you just you just keep getting this over and over and over. Look to the rock, one, and then next, look to the quarry. It's just amazing. Abraham and Sarah, who gave birth to you, and then he gives you this key phrase, in pain. And then he says, when he was but one, who's the one he's got to be talking about? Which one was born to Abraham and Sarah? Mm -hmm. Isaac, he doesn't say it, does he? No. He doesn't. And who must Zion be? Lord have mercy. Rebecca. It's, 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 it, here we go again in, in verse 3. What, what two things are set up? Waste places, wilderness. Eden, garden of the Lord. It's just amazing how he keeps wanting you to see two things. He keeps wanting you to see pairs. But from the very beginning, he wants you to know who he's talking about. You who pursue righteousness, number one. Number two, what else are they doing, this particular group? They seek the Lord. Now, this of course uh, should be a remembrancer straight back to uh, all these terrible things and all these trials and tribulations that we know from the New Testament says what? All things work together for the good to those who love God, number one, and number two, those who are called according to his purpose. Amen, Joe? Amen. You are, it's like a magnet you are drawn to that promise. And as a matter of fact, you could existentially say that Isaiah chapter 1 is a critical insight into the situation those verses are talking about. Mm. All things work together for the good. What he's describing here in Isaiah 51 is a perfect example of said verses. So there's no way to get around from this dual aspect he's wanting you to see in Isaiah 51 and get away from that promise. Look. Those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose, everything, and I mean lucky dotty everything, will work out for their good. No matter how bad it is, correct? Correct. <clears throat> I mean, let's, let's really talk about this. You'd say the worst thing that ever happened to Christ was a crucifixion, right? Mm. <clears throat> One answer. That's a lie. That's the best. Thing that ever happened to creation. Right. Period. Period. So, 
I just had to bring that remembrancer, get everybody right to the the New Testament where they need to be. He is giving you some extreme, extremely technical data sets here in Isaiah 51. And when a scientist takes a look at this, it will have you worried. It really will have you worried. Now, you'll take note that uh, he speaks about Zion repeatedly, but in the latter verses, he's literally calling that his people. Just as in verse 3, he was wanting you to see what he wasn't saying. He was wanting you to see Isaac and Rebekah. And there, Rebekah's called Zion. And it's it's amazing to me that, you, you know, Joe, when, when we think about the barren places, the waste places, in reference to, well, a matriarch. I mean, you can't get around uh, the simple fact that you, you got to be talking about Sarah, you got to be talking mm-hmm. about Rebecca, yada, 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 yada. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to come to grips with that. Right. That's what you've got to be talking about. And here, um, she is prophetically called Zion. So he is literally just tripping over himself to force you to see the children, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, even before he comes out and makes that threat, these two things will befall you. Now, everybody's probably taking pause right now because some of them that have ears that can hear, they're beginning to understand that, wait a minute, the two things mentioned wasn't what I was expecting because he gave a list of more than two, didn't he? We'll get to that soon enough. But there is no doubt that the technical data given here, both in the Hebrew and the Greek, which is just existentially off the hook. Um, oh my goodness, and I, and I love he, how he gives you these key phrases like, uh, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness, two things, will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of a melody. He's literally wanting you to know this has got everything to do well with harmonics. He has told you this innumerable times, well, especially throughout the Psalms, that uh, uh, there's going to come a time where, uh, for some reason, praising the Lord is going to make you feel better. Now, just out of curiosity, Joe, Joe, did you hear those fireworks that just went off over my head? Yeah, there they go. Yeah, there they go. Um. There would be no way to get that out of the audio, would there? Mm, not that I'm aware of. Well, sometimes the good Lord just loves a bang. Right. Don't he? Yes, he does. So we're going to take a few seconds, um, and you can hear, I take it, my German shepherd. You can hear him too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, very good. Well, the Lord's will be done. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. So... Uh, in the midst of great distraction, we shall make the shot. And more apropos, let me re-emphasize what I was saying about the harmonics. Multiple times, multiple prophecies, multiple chapters, multiple languages. God says it out of the right side of his mouth and out of the left. That during this window of opportunity, singing praises to the Lord, and, you know, hymns and spiritual songs is going to somehow make you feel better. And he's going to give hints and insights into that in the latter verses as well. But one thing is for sure. Um, he's coming out and telling you that you are definitely going to be in his presence. Um, he definitely 
it comes right out and, and tells you uh, that this is all going to happen, well, <laughs> at his right arm. Mm-hmm. And he literally says that a law will go forth from me, and I will set my justice for a light of the peoples. Oh, my goodness. Joe, why don't you give me your thoughts on that? Here, let me read verse 4 again. Pay attention to me, O my people, and give ear to me, O my nation. Now, you know who's a nation. He's already called it Zion. I'm sorry for the interruption. Let's continue. For a law will go forth from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. Joe, what do you think about that? I'll set my justice for a light of the peoples. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, he goes into the duality of my people uh, and then changes it to, oh, my nation, uh, for a law will go forth from me. Oh, my goodness, I can't contain myself. I'm okay. sorry. Go ahead. I'm go just ahead. sorry. Did you not hear him say that he was going to ground it? Mm-hmm. Listen very carefully. And I will set, as in place, as in set down, a light. He's literally telling you he's going to ground it. Now, Joe, do you know anything at all about electricity? Quite a anything bit. Anything at all? Yeah, quite a bit. What is the most important thing, actually, uh, when your house is inspected or any other place, any commercial residence, what is the most important thing for the inspector to inspect before he will allow power to be turned on at that said location? Ground. That's right, the grounding rod. It must be dual ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, and oh my goodness, everything that just came – don't you realize, ladies and gentlemen, here, look at it this way. For the law, let's say that's positive. But it is also justice that's negative. And it's this law and it's this justice that creates a light of the peoples. Hmm. He literally, quite literally, just come out and told – now listen, Joe. You have to reckon in your mind. Okay. Let's go back 4,000 years, shall we? Okay. Where does lightning always go and where is it the most dangerous? Ah, oh, yes. When it's set down, correct? Because mm-hmm. that when it's either lights up somebody or back in said time, it, it would either strike a, a tent, which always had a center pole, of course, or a tree, other such, such edifice, correct? Correct. This is exactly what he was describing. He was expecting them to see that. <laughs> and it's absolutely amazing. That this has everything to do with my righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth. That phraseology. That same phraseology, especially in the Greek, is the same type of wording it is stated when a thunderbolt went out. Now, my arms will judge the peoples. (laughs) Why does he say that? Why does he say arms? It immediately brings the remembrancer to... Uh, remember when Moses had trouble holding his arms up? Right. Exactly. That's what you got to go to. Right. If you have done any biblification in your life, it's immediately going to bring that to mind when, uh, you know, Moses had to have help holding up his arms. Mm -hmm. 
But it, it's and he gives you a hint here, and for my arm, they will wait expectantly. They know it's coming, don't they, Joe? Yeah. They know he's coming. They know he's coming. They lift up their eyes to the sky and look to the earth beneath. Joe, why are they doing that? Look up to the uh, sky. And, and then into the earth. And into the earth. Um, that... Looking up to the sky um, brought about so many different things. Uh, looking to the earth, I, 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 you know, what comes to mind is a, a striking point or a ground. That's right. That's right. He literally, there's no way around it. Using this type of phraseology, he's saying, you're going to see me and I am going to touch the ground. Literally. Mm -hmm. Now, he gives you some extremely key, key definitions here, um, especially in the Greek, but uh, which can only take you to Acts. But let's let's read verse six in its entirety. Lift up your eyes to the sky and look to the earth beneath, for the sky will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not wane. Here we have with two things again, salvation mm -hmm. and righteousness, for one. But you realize this is this is entirely, I mean, how many twos can you put in here? I mean, um, a sky, earth. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, by the way, it starts out with both your eyes, not one eye. You've got two eyes. So right. lift up. Uh, I, <laughs> vanish and wear out mm -hmm. you see that smoke and garment it's, it's literally this entire verse is just a coupling of twos that's all it is no matter how you put it no matter how you say it it's just a coupling of, of twos he's just Look at, sit back and look at the marvel of that, Joe. No, and that's what I was, when I was reading over it uh, earlier, that's that's exactly, uh, I was amazed at that, of just, uh, it, it just seemed like this whole thing had a particular rhythm of duality, or uh, <laughs> or sets of, of, well, twins, if you will, or two. Amen, amen, twins, we, we shall say twins, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, well, you have to. I mean, because that's really... I mean, look. Okay, Jacob and Esau, right? Mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, do I really need to do this? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 obvious. It's, it's, it's obvious we're talking about, you know, Mount Zion and Mount Esau, yada, 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 yada. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty obvious. And, you know, when... But let's take a look at the technical data, okay? Let's 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 switch our brains. Let's switch over from uh, the prophetic, and let's uh, switch over to the technical or the scientific, shall we? Okay. Here in the Greek, it is extremely uh, extremely difficult to say uh, because literally the word that he uses here for vanish like smoke. Uh, that's what you read in the New American Standard Bible. It's not what it says in the Greek. The Greek says, like smoke condensed. And you're like, well, what are you talking Look, I'm going to have to explain this to you, Joe, because in the Greek, this word is used but a single time in the New Testament. 
It's in Acts chapter 3 and verse 7. And it's going to be, uh, well, one of my, my children's favorite songs. We sing this at family church all the time. Uh, uh, Peter and John went to pray, and they met a lame man along the way. And anyway, um, absolutely amazing that, that, uh, they didn't have any, uh, money to give to this, uh, this poor lame beggar. And, uh, well, let's just read that verse, uh, out of the New American Standard Bible, shall we? And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. That's the word. Mm. To be firm. To be firm. That's what it says the sky is like. Smoke that's firm or condensed. Okay. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what he's talking about. Uh, uh, smoke directly over the fire is very dense, is it not? Correct. And then the wind comes, and what happens? It gets thinner, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And it gets thinner, and it gets thinner, and it gets thinner, correct? Correct. All right. Now, let's talk about a garment wearing out. What happens when a garment wears out, Joe? <laughs> gets thinner. That's right. You can see through it. Right. Right? Eventually, uh, things become real uncomfortable uh, with women's nightgowns. Right. You can only wash them so many times before they're really not. A nightgown, you can see right through them. Right. So he has literally given you some fantastic information here because, well, let's talk about ozone, Joe. What's okay. ozone? What What is that? Uh, ozone, uh, isn't that, I'm trying to think of the chemical, uh, nitrogen, um, oh, Dang it. It's three oxygen molecules. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking of something else. They uh I was looking over the uh uh composition of the uh different layers of the firmament earlier and Mm. mm. Ah yes, now I know what you were thinking about. But <laughs> that's beside the point. In this case, you know what makes the sky blue, right? Three oxygen molecules. Okay. Now, it's only found in high concentrations up in the top of the stratosphere. This mm-hmm. is beside the point. Let's, let's just take that to note. That it's high up in the stratosphere. Location is very imperative to its production. And it completely um, uh, <coughs> safeguards us from ultraviolet radiation. You do understand that, right? Yes. What makes the O3 stay O3? I mean, we all know that O2 is by far more, well, easy to maintain, let us say. Is anybody getting nervous yet? Ladies and gentlemen, those three oxygen molecules only cling to one another because of altitude and temperature. Now look, ladies and gentlemen... You need to listen to what he said, because he wasn't joking with, with what he said concerning it. Let's, let's, let's try this again. You already heard me talk about God was trying to let you see that he was going to come down, correct? Correct. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> if you take that O3, you capture it, and you bring it closer down to Earth, it'll immediately shed one of those oxygen 
atoms. That molecule will shed one of its atoms. Do you understand that? Yep. Well, there's only a couple of things that could cause that, ladies and gentlemen. Either something is blowing the atmosphere away, or the Earth is getting bigger. Okay. Maybe, maybe I need a refresher course about, let's go back to the beginning, because he told you up front what you were supposed to be expecting. Okay, you're supposed to set your mind in order. He's expecting you, now listen, he, he already told you his children. He's told you to set your mind in order, and this is what he said to do that. He said, Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. Now, now listen. He just, what did he state in the verse before that? Have you already forgotten that this is a magnification of the verse before it? Let's go back to that verse. He, he's going to really magnify it. And no, I'm not trying to be vulgar. But we already know who he's talking to, so I don't need to repeat that. It's those who pursue righteousness and seek the Lord. Look to the rock. Okay, let's, he's talking about, obviously, Abraham, right? He's going to say that here in a minute. From which you were hewn, and the quarry from which you were dug. He's obviously talking about Sarah. Now he's going to come right out and say it in verse 2. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. Oh, my goodness, Joe. Mm -hmm. Lord, have mercy. Tell me. Joe, when was your mama the biggest before she gave birth to you? Will me. When was she the biggest? Oh, yeah. When was she the biggest? Right before. Uh, that very day. Mm hmm Yeah, that very day, Joe. You see, because it's right there at the end that the hips begin to pop and expand. Amen? Amen. Ah, yes. And then, of course, the Lord... Your God pops the water, correct? Correct. Oh, yeah. There is no consternation in anything that just came out of my mouth, is there? None. He was expecting you to know that, Joe. <laughs> and he literally just gave you, if you would have kept your mind in place, he was literally just telling you what was going to happen to the earth. Did you catch that? I did. So, literally... If you were looking and you knew what to look for, especially these key phrases, and especially, well, uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 7, you might want to check the Septuagint, ladies and gentlemen, and get back with me. And maybe we'll just read that, the the other verses, because it's, it's in there, oh, three or four times. But anyway, you realize that that's what happened with, with Peter and John that day. See, he got to go into the temple, and it said, what does it say? Oh, yes. Leaping and jumping and praising God. So, pretty prophetic information there about that man who, well, I guess you could say he was at least physically reborn that day, correct, Joe? Correct. So, let's let's take another look or gander at a couple of, uh, well, uh, a couple of places where this strange word occurs. Because it's, well, part and parcel with stereo. What you would call, or stariu. It means to solidify or make firm. That word is in the Septuagint in 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 2 and verse 1. I'll be reading out of the Thompsons. 
My heart was strengthened by the Lord. By my God, my horn was exalted over my enemies. My mouth was enlarged. I was made glad by thy salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, what what do you think he meant by that last phrase? I was made glad by thou the, or thy salvation. Oh my goodness. The mouth was enlarged. <laughs> Look, write that down and, pl and please read that first later. Um, at your discretion. It's First Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. Psalm 18, verse 17. He will deliver... <laughs> oh, Lord has a sense of humor, I'm telling you. He will deliver me from my potent enemies. Oh, yes, that great, the potent. And from them who hate me. There we have two... Man, goodness. Because they are stronger than I. Psalms 33 and verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were established. And by their host, the breath of his mouth. Now you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what is there that could possibly be G4732? Well, you'll have to you have to look that up later. And Jeremiah 52 and verse 6. On the ninth day of the month, there was a grievous famine in the city. And there was no bread for the people of the land. You might want to take a look at that one, too, because where could that word possibly be? But anyway, I've already read to you the one about the lame man. Acts chapter 3 and verse 7. So I have been going on for quite a long stretch here, and I need to take a a, a break. Um, let Joe get in here and give us his two cents, of course, but it's absolutely amazing that Right from the beginning, God tried to set your mind in order. He tried to make sure he got it through all of our thick skulls. Look, you need to look at this entire chapter this way. And, uh, I don't know, it's just not to blow you away. Joe, you got the mic. Oh, goodness. Um, it, you know, going... <laughs> yes, it is enough to blow you away. Um so many things come to mind. Uh, you're talking about, um, well, the man who stands up, you know, it, that he will make us stand. Uh, it reminds me that we will receive our hinds feet or our hinds legs. Um, oh, goodness. Um, <sighs> prism comes to mind. Um, you know, uh, Revelation 12.4 comes to mind. Um, what else? Gosh, there, there's so much uh, in, in this um, that just, <laughs> it's mind-blowing. Uh, as you were talking about, uh, well, atmosphere being ripped away, even thinning. Or the earth, you know, he he makes he. I don't know how many times he talks about the earth, or likens it to a pregnant woman uh, striking the earth, and then using the the verbiage that he does as as lightning. Uh, so many things, uh, so many verses that that 
that I guess we can be brought into remembrance of so many of them just within this one uh, chapter here. Yeah, and and it's and it's pretty amazing that most men that read this they they really don't have a clue because they've never had a baby and they've never had their water break. But once you bring that up to them and they read this again, then they're Boy, it's kind of like shock and awe. Mm-hmm. They realize, oh my goodness, this chapter's loaded. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's loaded, all right. Uh, yeah, you can say that. Uh, but yeah, everything that you said. I mean, how could you get away from uh, the overt references to uh, Revelation chapter twelve there? Because uh, she flees, and then she is taken. Uh, and here you get that. You have the Eden, and then you have the Garden of God. Um, he's wanting you to see that just every way, shape, and form. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's take another look at this. He says in verse 7, Listen to me, you who know righteousness, a people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of man, or be dismayed at their revilings. Then he says something very interesting. For the moth will eat them like a garment, and the grub will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have to come to grips with this. He just said that your enemies was going to be, well, devoured. Was going to be consumed. Joe, what do you make of that? And what do you make of that in light of these overt references to the sky and earth and 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 and, and coming down and striking? What do you make of that? Well, uh enemy being devoured uh and then he talks he, you know, he talks about uh, drunkenness but not uh, from intox, you know, from from uh, alcohol. That's right. He comes right out and says that. So uh, this this brings me to those that are, I guess, uh, the grounding rod is, is would be my understanding. Exactly, exactly. Because why? You 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 got look. This is how it works. I'm sorry. I just get excited because no, you're just, good. You're good. He just tells you everything. Look, look. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to you realize in your mind that this is how your car works. This is how your light bulbs work. This is how your 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 elevator works in the buildings. Because the negative wants to go to the positive, and it literally uh, uh, literally creates a circuit. But you have to understand that that energy has to go somewhere, <laughs> and it, it it is just like that, ladies and gentlemen. It's just like that. The negative pole is feeding the positive pole. The positive pole is feeding the negative pole. Do you understand, Joe, how it makes perfect sense? Yep. He is literally – look, ladies and gentlemen, he literally just came out and told you that those that are his, when he comes, literally he's trying to describe to you that we are going to be feeding off of – well, their energy somehow, some way. 
He's literally just prophetically explained to you, and you get this revelation that those in the outer darkness, of course, null their tongues because God says they can't die. So death is instructed to flee from them. And only God knows what, what horrible thing that's going to be like. But literally, uh, and look at this strange way he put this. Awake. Awake. You know, and of course this is key come later on down because he repeats himself. But it, it's it's amazing to look at in the Hebrew because he does say it twice. Uri, uri, he, he says, awake, awake. And you and I both know um, what that, well, let's look at this again, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine that the positive is when you're awake, and the negative is when you're asleep. Amen, Joe? Because we know Amen. that's how thoughts are produced in the mind itself, right? We know because, well, you can go get an EKG, correct? Correct. You don't have to like it, ladies and gentlemen. Your thoughts are produced by a string of synaptic connections and electricity fires in a certain pathway. And literally speaking, he's just explained this to you using language 4,000 years before such words as dipole and positive and negative and, and, and alternating and direct. I mean, he's really given you a whopping amount of information technical data as to how he's going to do exactly what he's going to do. And it's just, that's just off the charts. It really is off the charts, all the data he's given here. Uh, and, and take note, he's letting you know that this, that this mechanism creates a, a, a propagation of life. It says, to all generations there in the Hebrew. Absolutely amazing. It says to all generations. So he's forcing you to see that this is a propagation of life, this mechanism, whatever he, whatever it is he's doing. But he's using linguistics that forces your mind to think about, well, quite scientific apparatuses and terminology. Now, it's it's amazing, man. That man, this is such a beautiful text. Awake, awake! Put on the strength, O arm of the Lord. Now, <laughs> awake as in the days of old. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced? The dragon. Of course, we've already gave hint and sign that you're supposed to be thinking about a woman mm -hmm. and, and the water who's broken. <laughs> and here, of course, we know he's talking about the, uh, the cutting down of the prince of Egypt. No, make no mistakes about it. Um, that's exactly what he's making references to here. And this is going to be likened to that event, no doubt about it. So, 
<coughs> now, take note that 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 well, rape hab is pretty uh, pretty important. And let's uh, you know let's get some tongue in cheek out of Joe. Joe, what do you know about Rahab and what does people say about it? And I'm pretty sure you've probably heard some conspiracy theories about it. Just just give it to us both barrels. Um, oh, goodness. What's this um, deal with this Rahab? That's a good one. Uh, it's been so long since I've, I've listened to anyone really speak on Rahab. Uh, usually this was uh, likened to... Oh gosh, uh, I think one of them likened it to the fall of of, of Satan. Um, all kinds of different variations, uh, pretty much of that, uh, if I remember correct. But that's that's usually where that goes. Well, there's no doubt about it that God that God comes right out and tells you that this is the prince of Egypt. Um mm -hmm. Isaiah chapter thirty, verse seven. Even Egypt whose help is vain and empty, therefore I have called her Rahab, who has been exterminated. He's mm -hmm. literally talking about this this coalition um of angelic uh princes, this uh this Leviathan of sorts. Um, that's what he called it. He just come right out and told you had no problems doing so. Um, uh, and, and it's amazing, uh, Psalms 89, of course, you yourself crushed Rahab like one who is slain. You scattered mm -hmm. your enemies with your mighty arm. Here it is again. Did you catch it? Mm -hmm. With his mighty arm. What's the verse right after it? Verse 11 of Psalms 89. The heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all it contains, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. And of course we could go on and on. Verse 13 mentions again his mighty arm uh, delivering, which, ladies and gentlemen, with that one you have to see what he's talking about, but not in the time. But now, obviously, his mighty arm is obviously the needle of a compass. Here, let's let's try that one more time. Maybe that just went right over your head. Okay? So we'll read the whole thing again. You yourself crushed Rahab, the one who was slain. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours, the earth also is yours, the world and all it contains. You have bounded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Tabor and Herman shout for joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. There we go again with righteousness and justice. Mm -hmm. Did you hear that, Joe? Mm -hmm. How could you not possibly see the needle of a compass? Uh-oh. I don't know, but that's... Uh... And you know... Yeah. yeah, and you know what a strong arm means, right? It means you know when you you ball up your your bicep, right? Right. Obviously, creating the top of a needle and the bottom of the, of a needle. He's wanting you to see the hinge of the elbow, correct? Correct. Yeah, it's a needle of a compass, ladies and gentlemen. He's he's obviously wanting you to see. And it is just a historical fact. I mean, you can look on cave drawings and the whole nine yards. A strong man 
is an arm bent at a 90-degree angle. You don't have to like it. I don't care where you go. Greece, uh, uh, subcontinent Africa, it, it doesn't matter. That's, that's what it means. It's what it's always meant. It's never meant anything else. So, it, it, it's pretty amazing what is going on here, and I like the references there to uh, Hermann. But anyway, we're not going to go there. And he's here, verse 10. Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a pathway? Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, the baby is not born until after the water is broke. Let me, let me finish that verse. I interrupted. Sorry. Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a pathway for the redeemed to cross over? Ladies and gentlemen, he just called us, of course, the redeemed. But that's not what he calls it in the next verse. This verse is talking about the redeemed to cross over. Oh, ladies and gentlemen... Mm -hmm. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you you need to study up on mm -hmm. Corral's Rebellion. You, you, you've really got to study up on Corral's Rebellion. Because it's only the ransomed of the Lord that will return. And he just come right out and told you he didn't have a problem doing it. I mean, yes, he says, the redeemed crossed over, right? They went through the Red Sea. You know mm -hmm. that. But they did not make the journey, did they? No. It was only the ransomed. And come with joyful shouting to Zion. Of course, they're, you know. Here we go again. And everlasting joy will be on their heads. Joe, what is a good safe birth? Um, which direction does the baby come out? Oh, head first. What happens when it's feet first? What's it called? Uh, breach. Is that ever good? No. That's never good. You fully accept that, right? Fully. Look, since Eve gave her first birth, even since that time, breach is never good, correct? Correct. Okay, let's let's read this one more time. Let's 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 really read this and come to grips with, with you know, let's just, just take note, okay? He's talking about, uh, or better yet, could he be talking about the birth with the water being broken, and then once it's broke, uh, then the baby can be born, yada, yada, yada. Let's just take a look at this. Awake, awake. Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the days of old and the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a pathway for the redeemed to cross over? So the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion, and everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and singing or sighing will flee away. Joe, you you can't get away from it. He, Joe, you can't get away from it, can you? No. There is no way to get away from the simple fact that 
the only people that would really understand what's being spoken of here would be one crowned with silver that had given birth many times that was a saint before the Lord God of hosts. She would know. She'd know exactly what he was talking about. And once you see it, oh my goodness, do you have eyes that can see, don't you? Yeah. There's no getting around it. He's talking about mm -hmm. birth, you bunch of retards. Yeah, all all the guys are retards. They're stupid. They have no mm -hmm. idea what he's talking about. But then you talk to them little old ladies sitting in the back of the church, and they you know raise their little bitty hands. Well, I think he's talking about a birth, and then everybody gets quiet. Mm-hmm. And everybody realizes where wisdom comes from. Amen. Amen. It's just absolutely amazing. So, you know, I'm rumbling. I'm just rambling on and on because, well, I, I mean, I like the over references here to, well, he, he's literally talking about primus resurrectorate in verse 12. Um, that is what he's talking about. But, but it, Joe, you talk about something. I'm, I've, I'm, I mean, I just get excited and I, I just start stammering. I, I mean, because. Well, just a second ago, no. I, I I flipped it over to the Hebrew and looked at that, and I'm like, oh man, I got it, but 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 I can't, I can't say everything. So so why don't you talk some? Oh goodness, um, you, you know what was in my mind a little bit earlier, and, and I, I hate to go back, but it, it something that would, that kind of hit me was a reversal. It seemed like, um, you know, just. To go back just a little bit there, where we were talking about the the lightning and such, um, and, and, and this this well this impact, um, and then you know you you said something that uh, this correlation between positive and negative, and in my mind, and maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it, it seems that this impact, you know. The, He's setting things right. Now, this is on a, a scale that is, oh goodness, uh, <laughs> you know, we got we got planets that are upside down and spinning backwards, and all kinds of uh, scattered tilts and degrees and uh, of the various celestial bodies. And to me, it's setting things right. So it's it, it to me, it seems on this level a reversal of almost a uh, energetic, vampiric nature? Would that sound? Well, I mean, I mean that's pretty conspiratorial there. Uh, energetic, vampiric. So you're talking about like, uh, what's that old sci-fi flick where the vampires were from space and they sucked your soul out? Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I was just thinking of... of <sighs> Man, I can't think of it. But yeah. Uh, no, I, I I absolutely agree uh, with the terminology you use there. What, what else could you say? But yeah, an energetic vampiric event. Um, elaborate if you can. I mean, try to put that in layman's terms. Um, you know, you know what? I always have a hard. I can see it in my mind, but I always have a hard time transferring that uh, verbally. But uh, I'll do the best I can. Uh, I guess I'm, it's almost like a switch being thrown or um, I guess like a relay. A relay you can uh, 
you know, between you have uh, it's basically a relay, it's just a switch, uh, a four or five pole. Um, you have uh, positive and negative that uh, makes activates the switch, and then you have either a negative or a positive feed. Um, but you can, depending on uh, the two poles, which is uh, 87A and 30, uh, which is your uh, input and then your output, you can reverse that depending on what you uh, give it. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in my mind is this, this reversal of, of what has been negative input uh, into a positive input. Um, meaning that uh, I would say, I guess in layman terms, the well, the bad guys have been uh, sucking up all the energy, and now that that now that God has uh, stepped into this uh, and reversed the situation, it's now the good guys. How's that? Exactly. Um... <laughs> that's a very neat way to put it. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Now, but take note that, that that prophetically it must be speaking about something different because we know that right now they're sucking up all the what resources, right? Correct. I mean, they have all the gold. I mean, they well, come on, man, they have everything, right? Yeah. The most important thing that they do not possess is worry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be worried when. You know, you you make more in interest than I earn per year. You you I mean, if you you know need a new hip, no problem. If you want you know to eat sushi, no problem. I mean, you, you literally don't have any worries. And here, somehow, some way, this switches to be a materialistic thing to an energetic type of thing. And that movie I was thinking about was Life Force. Now I remember it, Life Force. These uh, alien vampires would suck out your soul and your energy. You're 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 literally your life force. So, hmm. pretty uh pretty interesting, if I remember correctly. Although I didn't watch the whole thing because I got vulgar or something. So uh, I think it had one bad scene in, and then I just shut it off. You know, I was done with those dishes. Uh, so I, th- I, th- I think there was a lady in it that was naked or something. But that's where. So I never finished the movie. I'd have no idea, but but that's what was, what the premise was. She was, um, she would suck the life out of you. But mm-hmm. so here you have to realize he, he's literally being it's it, it's a switch not only from materialistic but it, but literally life itself. So right now they have everything, all the goodies that they could ever want, yada, and they literally suck. I, I mean. I mean, literally, if they want to, they could, you know, literally go uh, to Canada, let's say, buy, uh, uh, you know, a thousand acres and chop down all the trees just because they wanted to, and then take that and build a, you know, a, a cottagers or or something. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Well, this is going to be turned around so that they are taking all of our resources, and we, in turn. After this day, take all their energy. We're literally sucking the life out of them. So, uh, yes, I, I I liked how you sp- explained that in a different way. Um, but yeah, that's that's exactly what 
what he's saying. And uh, well, we've we've probably blown some people's minds off. I mean, they're probably literally, and, and maybe even some <laughs> some of those that are crowned with silver, as they're literally gasping. Oh my goodness, that is what he's talking about. That's why it said. Everlasting joy will be on their heads because they gave birth and they wasn't breached and they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. In the those that know full well what it was like the days before C-sections and emergency extractions, they know what I'm talking about. And now right. that they've heard me say it, oh, they know exactly why verse twelve says that yada 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 yada. Right. Yeah, back down to, uh, you know, I, I can't help in 11. Yeah? What about I it? Can't, I can't help but think of, of uh, well, I, I, you know, you, you have, well, the, the, the two groups of the 144,000. Well, yeah, he's, he, well, first off, let's, let's, Let's not mince words here. In verse 11, he's wanting you to see the birth and seeing the head, a regular healthy birth. It's not breach. Mm-hmm. He's literally wanting you to see, well, the Moshe'in. Right. Uh, you know, primus ascendimus, literally. Um, the babies that are going to be taken uh, with him, the, the second group of 144,000. There's no mistakes about what's being described in Revelation chapter 14. This is who he's talking about. But in the very next verse, he gives you a key phrase, and it can only be talking about their brothers who loses their heads. So literally, he's put these two verses together, and prophetically, you you, you see... Oh my goodness, I just get so mm-hmm. excited. Okay, listen, ladies, just, just listen. The babies that are two years and under... They have joy on their heads, but the sorrow is going to be on their brothers' heads because they're going to lose them. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. Literally, the Bible comes out and tells you that those of the first resurrection are those of the first resurrection because they would not serve the beast or take his mark, so they are beheaded. It's the only way to kill them because in Revelation chapter 7, they were sealed. So they couldn't even take the mark if they wanted to. They were sealed by God. So let's take a read of these two and just take note that verse 11 is about uh, the 144,000 from Revelation chapter 14. And verse 12 is about that group from Revelation chapter 7. Out of the New American Standard Bible. Um, So the ransomed of the Lord will return. And come with joy shouting to Zion, and everlasting joy will be on their heads. They will obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of the man who dies, and of the son of man who is made like grass? Ding, 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 ding. You should immediately know by his reference here to the braid of glass that he's talking about Isaiah chapter 66. He said, oh my goodness, I could go on and on. This is the Valley of the Dry Bones. Uh, This is Revelation, or Isaiah chapter 66, verse 14. 
you will see it, and your heart will rejoice, and your bones will flourish like the tender grass, and the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants, and he will have indignation against his enemies. Okay? So, he was expecting you to know that reference to being like grass, that must be talking about those that will uh, come back to life in the Valley of Dry Bones. That's an overt reference to it. You should have immediately caught on to it. That's why he just said, a man who is made like grass. And he's letting you know here that this man, this prophetic man who is going to die, is the son of perdition, who will hold hands with the beast and lop this very group's head off. Mm -hmm. So, with all... Ladies and gentlemen... If you didn't know who, what, where, when it was being talked about before now, your mind is probably completely blown apart. Because now you realize that, well, verse 11 is about the group in Revelation chapter 14. Verse 12 is about the group in Revelation chapter 7. And now all this makes sense. Even the simple part as to why he called uh, people being made like grass. Yeah, that's a valley of dry bones. I mean, and and here we go again. Oh my goodness, everything is right here. This this reference to stretching out the oh my goodness. Um, well, we have to do this because, well, ladies and gentlemen, you have to see the celestial scapegoat because he's getting ready to reveal it to you. Uh, Joe, why don't you read verse thirteen again? Okay, uh, that. See that you have forgotten the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth. That you fear continually all day long because of the fury of the oppressor, as he makes ready to destroy. But where is the fury of the oppressor? Lord, have mercy. If you don't mm. see. That he just told you that, yes, this is a literal thing, it's also a prophetic thing. Not only is it a real thing on planet Earth, it's a real thing in the heavens. I I don't know how to explain it to you because he just, that single verse, he let you know exactly what he was talking about. I mean, there's no way around it. Yes, there is an oppressor, and yes, there... (laughs) Joe, you, your commentary, please. He is obviously telling you there is a celestial scapegoat. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, well, no, he, he starts out here with uh, that you have uh, forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens. So he's he, he's calling your mind to, well, the heavens and laid the foundation. So he gives you both the heavens and the earth. So he's given you both the the earthly scapegoat as well as the heavenly scapegoat um, that you fear continually uh, all day long because of the fury of the the oppressor. Uh, And then gives a reference to, uh, well, a a time. and then as he makes ready to destroy, but where is the fury of the oppressor? Um, oh, my goodness. It's in, the, <laughs> it's in the outer darkness, duh. That's where it's at. <laughs> and he was expecting you to know that. But, uh, man, that's just off the hook good stuff. 
I mean, that is. I mean, and and I mean, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's he's inverting. Man, this is such good stuff. First, I don't care. I'm going to read it again. I know we've already read it probably four times. Verse 14. The exile. Okay, you already know what he's talking about. He's already given. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matthew, just shut up. Okay. The exile will soon be set free and will not die in the dungeon. Ah, yes. Isaiah chapter 24. No, I thought I told you to shut up. Nor. Will his bread be left? Ah, yes, the manna. For I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and I have covered you with the shadow of my hand to establish the heavens. To found the earth and to say to Zion, you are my people. Oh my goodness, Joe. Um, he literally just told you that he's going to have to cover you up with his hand. Now, you remember who he said that to, right? Um, Moses, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Remember? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Joe, Joe, don't be making yeah. Matthew mad. Okay. No, I had a yeah. dumb moment. Dumb moment, dumb moment. Okay, so anyway, just absolutely, and he just, and he, look. Think about what he just stated, ladies and gentlemen. When he covers you up with his hand, and that's how you're in his shadow, because he covers you up just like he did Moses when he, you know, went by Moses, so Moses wouldn't die. This is when now now the Hebrew is so very strange here. It's it's hard to nail down the tense, whether it's future tense, past tense, but listen, he just says that when he does this, he establishes the heavens and 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 well he found you know uh he, he founds the earth. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Um, not to look for. It means to establish. So literally it, it says to establish the heavens and to establish the earth. But you can't say that really twice in a row. Do you understand what he just said, Joe? He's taking you back to the perfection of the garden. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a problem telling you with what he was going to do. He just told you. that he was going, how could he establish the heavens and establish the earth when he does this, Joe? Oh, yes. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Do you not realize the fantastic amount of information he just gave you? Yes. Oh my goodness. Um and yes. here of course verse 17 he comes out and he really tells you that we're going to be uh uh, uh like drinking them but the bad people's go- well he is going to be like the negative pole and they become like the drags. Okay, so we get all the good stuff, and they become the the, the drags, the 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 bad stuff. Uh, read verse seventeen, Joe. All right, rouse yourself, rouse yourself, arise, O Jerusalem, you who have drunk from the Lord's hand the cup of His anger, the chalice of reeling you have drained to the dregs. You can keep going, or <laughs> just just let that sink in. He's literally telling you that look. You did drink uh, for all this time, um, you know, the, the the cup of his wrath or indignation. Now they are, and literally, well, <sighs> literally you're sucking the life out. I don't know what other way to put it. Uh, verse 18, Joe. There is none to guide her among all the sons she has borne. 
nor is there one to take her by the hand among all the sons she has reared. Okay, first and foremost, let's separate the two. There are some that she has born, and they no. are not the same as the one she has reared. Correct, Joe? Hello? Uh, oh, God. Let's I just, uh, no, I got so excited I forgot to unmute. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, please wake up. There's two different ones here. There's the ch there's the son she bore mm -hmm. that she gave birth to, and there's the other ones that she got to rear. Mm -hmm. She raised those. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Yes, you already know who they're talking about, right? The first one, the ones that were born, okay? They're the babies, and the ones that she reared, but they're adults, she don't get either one of them because... Neither set, neither group is with her. Mm -hmm. How do I explain this? Um, of course, God explains it best himself. And, 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 you know, we can talk about the ones that she has, has born. And by the way, she bears them like wind. Uh, yep. We can just go ahead and jump over to Isaiah chapter 26. Mm, but of course... And slip right down here to uh, verse 17. Let me say that one more time. Make sure everybody can write it down. It's Isaiah chapter 26, verse 17. As the pregnant woman approaches the time to give birth, she rises and cries out in labor pains. Thus we were before you, O Lord. We were pregnant. We writhed in labor. We gave birth as it seems only to wind. We could not accomplish deliverance for the earth, nor were the inhabitants of the world born. Ladies and gentlemen, this is that group from Revelation chapter 14 we've been talking about. God takes them. Now, the next verses talks about the next group. Your dead will live, of course, apropos. They are those of the first resurrection. They will live. They do come to life, and the second death cannot harm them. Remember? That's all from Revelation. Their corpses will rise. You who lie in the dust awake. And, of course, this mention to dust here is the parent prophecy. Anyway. Awake and shout for joy, for your dew is as the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Point blank range. You know who's being talked about here. So, think about uh, uh, everything we just stated, ladies and gentlemen. So, the ones that she bore, of course, went to heaven. But they cannot guide her because why? They're not there. They actually, God takes them back to heaven. You know, Revelation chapter 14. You know mm -hmm. exactly that's what he does. And the other ones, they cannot take her by the hand. Because they're in the outer darkness, and she has been taken to a place prepared for her. Right. So, these are the two things. Oh. <laughs> it says, these are the two things that have befallen you. Who will mourn for you? Okay, because everybody else who reads this thinks that this is the list. This is the two things. It must be the devastation and destruction, which is two. Famine and sword, that's two. How shall I comfort you? But that's not what he was talking about. You see that, Joe? Mm -hmm. Verse 19. These two things have befallen you. Who will mourn for you? 
the devastation and destruction, famine and sword, how shall I comfort you? Ladies and gentlemen, he gives you a list of four things. That's not what he's talking about. The two things that have befallen them was the verse before it. Yep. And he just come right out and t- he just come right out and told you. But yet I talk with pastors about this, and they're like, "No, that's devastation, destruction, famine, and sword. No, that's four things." And that they will argue with me. And of course, no. <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was really clear there uh, that you you could almost take uh, the very first and just put it at at the bottom of eighteen. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But until you see it, you can't. Well, you have to have eyes that can see, correct? Correct. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter if you use the, the – I mean, let's switch over to the KJV. It says desolation, destruction, famine, sword. That's four things. That's not two things, Joe. Mm-mm. So you're being forced to – well, count for one. I mean, you're being forced to count. And it, oh my goodness, man! And verse twenty, he just, just you can't your sons. I mean, Lord have mercy. How can you get away from the simple fact, ladies and gentlemen? If, if, if and Joe already mentioned the hinds feet. Now we don't have time to cover everything. Wait a minute! Oh no, I've got excited. How long have we been on, Joe? Are we over an hour? Uh, I think so. No, please, please. Oh, man, this is the second part. We've... Crap. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have, I don't have time to do everything. Literally, uh, read uh, verse 20, please. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, just go do the research on the hind feet yourself. Joe, read verse 20. Your sons have fainted. They lie helpless at the head of every street, like an antelope in a net. Full of the wrath of the of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They they will be beheaded. You don't have to like it, but they are going to be beheaded, and they are not part of the bridal procession. They're not Zion. They're uh, here prophetically. Uh, Sarah, Rebecca. No, they're not a part of the bride. So, Joe, we're way grossly over time. I mean, we're grossly over time. Where did the time go? I'm sorry. And I don't even remember you talking. I just remember being excited, and I just ran on and on and on. You know, know, when we talked in private, you were so excited about this, and and you, you, you know, you – well, I guess you pre-warned me that you had so much to talk about, and – I think we could spend at least another hour just on this alone, uh, just on the rest of it. But, uh, um, you know, if I could just add in really quick here, just going over this in my mind, um, a melody. Uh, I don't know how many times he talks about song and and music, but when you read it, there's a certain – there's a melody, almost a – Oh goodness, I'm trying to think of the the type of music there that would best describe it. I, I had it just a um, second ago. A, a waltz, yeah, is, a waltz. Is, what, is what comes to my mind when I when I see this, or even a uh, alternating current. Yep, yep. Um, but you have to realize he, he's forcing you to set it to time because mm-hmm. you have to count so many times in this chapter. He's right. literally forcing you to realize that that this is it. 
is a, 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 oh, I'm no musician. Uh, what do you call that when a song is supposed to have a certain speed? Or a, a, oh, like, uh, uh, um, like a 2-4 or 4-4 four, four or... Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah, you know, you're, it's, a, it's supposed to have a speed and a beat. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can sing a song too fast or too slow. The, he's forcing you to count, Joe, and and there's no way around it. That That's what he's trying to say. Uh, it's a metronome. Metronome! That's it, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, man, I've said way too much. Um, You know, man. I'm sitting so here looking man cool. so I could just <laughs> Yeah and lie down that we may oh my goodness. Um Wow. You well, know, do we only... wanna come back and do a part two? No, I think I would just say this that all rich people will tell you that the only way uh to make a million dollars is off of other people's backs. Mm. That's mm. that's that's common knowledge. Um right. And you'll take note that that's exactly what, uh, well, verse 23 says. That's that's how it finishes it. So read that one, Joe. I will put into the hand of your tormentors who have said to you, lie down that we may walk over you. You have even made your back like the ground and like the street for those who walk over it. Mm-mm-mm. Yep. Uh... Man, good stuff. Man, I know you didn't scratch the surface, man. I, <laughs> man. But your thoughts, Joe. Uh, you knew, you obviously read this chapter at least several times before we sat down tonight. So us coming together here, was you able to walk away with anything different or more than you had before? Oh, for sure. For sure, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, bringing in, uh, you know, uh, there's so many. There, there was, you know, chapters that I, I had forgotten about uh, that you were brought into remembrance of, um, that then helped bring me into remembrance uh, of, of of things, and and just uh, bringing in uh, your your expertise on the uh, the original language is always uh, a huge plus. So, um, yeah, every time I get together, I always walk away with a ton more than what I had to start with. So, All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, man, we should have prayed before we started, huh? Crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too late now. Well, we certainly are going to finish out... Um, would you like to pray, or would you like me to? Because, man, and and, and for now, you got to stop me, man. You're going to say, Matthew, we need to pray first. So, okay. So for okay. now, and you need to do that. You need to, you know, put the brakes on. Say, hey, you're an idiot. We need to pray first. You know, <laughs> you, you got. I, I was a little. <laughs> I was a little excited myself when we started. So, uh, I knew this was going to be uh, a lot, a lot to look at. So, amen, amen. So you want to pray, or you want me to? Yes. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I will. I will. All right. Do it to it. Ah. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, we thank you for your word, Father. Uh, we thank you for this time that you've given us, Father. We thank you. Well, we could start out 
the Sabbath with such a blessing uh, this evening, Father, of, of, of examining your word even closer, even though as my dear friend and your servant Matthew pointed out that we didn't even scratch the surface, but we're humbled, Father, and we're grateful that we had this time together, that we were able to, well, we're two or more are gathered in your name, Father, you you were there, and uh, that was definitely, uh, you were definitely there, Father, and I, I am so grateful and so thankful. Father, I ask that you bless the listeners, Father. I ask that you anoint their eyes, Father. I ask that you anoint their ears as they look over this, Father, as you give them even greater insight than what we were even able to touch on tonight. Father, and I ask that you definitely be with Brother Matthew and his family and be with every single listener that hears this, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.